Hi, my name is Jean-Pierre and sometimes I really feel like I live in my own world. I really do. And there are a lot of things that people have expected me to know or be aware of, but I wasn't. Turned out that I was totally oblivious to them. I think I was that child that had no clue what was going on in the family or I was always the last one to find out things that were happening around me. And uh, I also feel like, well I used to feel like, while I was dealing with the realities in my own world, I felt like everyone else was dwelling in what I would say the rest of the world. Like I mentioned in the first episode, do listen to it if you haven't already, shameless plugin, don't hold it against me. There are possibly seven types of pain that we as human beings experience. That's physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, mental, social, and sexual pain. I've come to notice that whatever form of such undealt pain a person experiences, sometimes even a combination of these, such great lengths of pain end up shaping the realities of one's world. So in essence, somehow all of us live in our own world, shaped by personal experiences and governed by standards derived from these experiences. About a decade ago or so, I was involved in a car crash with a friend. It was a mom's car, stolen of course, we were driving around. It was such a long time ago because Deuces was the number one song on the charts at that time. That's how long it has been. I get PTSD from hearing the word Deuces or whenever I hear that song, once in a while. So we're having the time of our lives, you know. I'm moving on to something better, better, better. Bam! The car was just too fast. I don't remember what happened. We spun out of control and we just found ourselves in a ditch. I can't remember how we got out. The car was totaled uh, on the passenger side where I was. I just don't know. In that moment when I came out of the car, my mind was so switched on. I had such awareness that I'd never experienced before. And then I looked behind. Something told me to look behind. I looked behind and then I saw a mob of people running towards the wreck, you know, towards us. You know how it is when there's an accident. Like people appear from nowhere. There were a lot of gadgets in the car. iPods at that time. PSPs, phones. There's also money, jewelry, a whole bunch of snacks. I reached out for the snacks. I'm kidding. I managed to get all the valuable things in my backpack and uh, put them in my backpack. I carried my backpack so that nothing would be stolen. The mob came. I was talking to everyone, explaining everything. People helped me kind of like pull out the car from the ditch. Cops came. It was chaotic. In the meantime, while all this was going on, my friend was nowhere to be seen. She had run away. She just took off, literally bolted. I didn't see a bolt, but she had. About an hour 30 or so after the crash, guess who showed up? When I saw her, that's when I realized I hadn't seen her through all this mess. I was like, dude, what's going on? What were you? She told me that the first thing that came to her mind was to take flight. She was even thinking of running away from home for good. I, on the other hand, I was the opposite. I was overly vocal about the experience. I was the one telling everyone openly about it, exaggerating facts, spicing it up with humor. I embraced it like something cool to add to a collection or something like a battle scar, you know? That was me the whole time. 
The realities of every individual's world determine how they respond to events. Most times we think or we hope our world is the benchmark for everyone else's reality or would like it to be. We hope our reality is everyone else's reality, but it isn't. I struggle to understand why my friend was so shaken up by the car crash, especially by the fact that we came out of that crash unscathed. Such diverse reactions to events are not just limited to traumatic experiences. Have you ever gone for an event either on a date or with a group of friends and after the event as you are talking about it, you find out that your friend's experience of the same event was totally different from yours. You probably had an awful time, but other people seem to have really enjoyed themselves or vice versa. And it really makes you boil inside and you question people's taste and choices because you cannot imagine why certain people do certain things. Like, I really need to get this off my chest. Why do you think it's okay to pour milk first in a bowl before the cereal? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, okay, sorry, I digress. It's from the comfort of our realities that sometimes we determine and measure up other beings. It's from the comfort of our realities that we esteem our partners will never hurt us because our reality is that we will never hurt them. It is from the confines of our realities that we esteem our friends and family will never talk about us in a certain way behind our back or treat us a certain way until they do. We tend to measure people by the standards derived from our realities and not the standards their realities have produced over time. In the midst of lack, right, a certain woman and her son anticipated and accepted their fate as death right after they were going to have their supposedly last meal. In the midst of certain situations, our dim realities may cause us to conclude that this is the biggest hurdle ever and not the biggest hurdle yet. And we resort to thinking that that's the end of us. If this relationship ends in a heartbreak, then that's it for me. I don't see how I can ever recover or be the same. I don't ever see myself in another relationship. If I lose this job, then, you know, we have these perimeters. If this than that that govern the way we react to certain situations because of the realities of our world then there are others also in a similar situation without a coin pun intended however their confession is silver or gold i do not have but i don't have it all together right now but one day i'm gonna be good i may be hurt right now i may be broken i may be disappointed but i still deserve love so I'm going to give myself some time. I'm going to cool off and then focus on, on being better for the next relationship. I think the beauty in being aware of your own reality helps you separate yourself as a being. That is, separate your identity from the current state of affairs. Your reality may be that you are lacking in something at that point, but your identity is of a powerful spiritual being with every spiritual blessing and a creative godlike mind capable of manifesting anything into existence. So if I'm right, by saying that most people's realities are not necessarily our own, then how do we make things work? Clearly, we've been making things work somehow, I guess. And I think there are a few things we as human beings are capable of doing that. We may not necessarily understand the techniques and the nitty gritties, but we do them often. So if at some point you come across someone whose reality you strongly feel is different from yours, but you have an inclination to help, and be there for them. Whether they're experiencing physical or mental or spiritual, financial, sexual, emotional or social pain. I think the first thing you can try to do in order to help is to understand that that person's reality is not your reality. And to effectively help, 
you'd have to pause your reality and try to live in the other person's reality. For example, because of my condition, on any given day, I live in a world of two extremes. It's either I am carelessly living my life to the fullest, shamelessly, because if not, then I know I'm probably fighting for it. And anything else that falls between these two extremes is usually a good day for me. Traffic, not a big deal. Slow network, couldn't care less. Cold coffee, yes, cold coffee, love it. Still a great day. Any day above ground and away from a hospital and away from pain, for me, is a perfect day. I don't know extensively the realities of a full-blown healthy person. Like, what do you even do with all that health? You just strut around with no worries, healthy beings, show-offs. Anyway, I digress. I have a friend. She's obsessed with coffee. One time, she went to a coffee place and the barrister got her order wrong. And she's just one of those super calm people and sweet So she'd even let the barrister know that he got her order wrong. But that whole incident was a very big issue to her. When she came to me complaining about it, at first I thought nothing of it. But she kept going on and on and on. Like the entire day at work, she kept going on and on and on about that incident that happened in the morning. So I had to pause and actually listen. When I listened, that's when I realized that this was a bit more serious to her. And if I was to respond to her, it had to be from her reality and not from my reality because any answer conceived from my world in that moment based on my reality would have outright sounded so insensitive to her. In my world, with my realities and standards, a wrong coffee order is nothing. Well, it's actually something cool because I get to try something different. So next time you say to someone, put yourself in my shoes or someone asks you to be in their shoes, I hope you become aware of the fact that they want you to detach from your reality for a bit and align with theirs and then speak or advise or feel or assess or just be present in that reality with them. Similarly, a lot of people have asked how they can help me in my moments of pain. So when I'm in pain, my reality in that moment, it kind of feels like I'm fighting the angel of death and only one of us has to come out alive. It may sound straightforward. It may sound like it's just a fight or I'm just finding a poetic way of saying it, but there are layers to this reality. Okay. One layer is that I am fighting for my life during a, a pain crisis, right? Because... There are multiple blood clots spread across my body. And because of this, blood is not flowing and circulating as it should, meaning certain vital organs are now receiving oxygen, my brain inclusive, and sometimes this triggers hallucinations. So while I am trying to stay alive, I am also hallucinating. So my reality is a reality that I can't even tell if it is real or not. I know Sounds crazy, but stay with me now. Stay with me. While this is going on, there are people around me who love me and they want to help me so badly. So they ask, what can we do to help? Now, I'm hallucinating. I can't tell what's real or not. And half the time, I won't even remember these episodes. Nine times out of ten, I don't even know what they can do to help me. I don't even know what I can do to help me. I don't even know what I'm doing, basically. All right? So now I think if people could understand my reality in that moment, they would have a clue on what they can do. Sometimes my reality is dark and the other person's reality is the opposite. It is faith-filled, encouraging, hopeful, and they want to talk to me from their reality. 
Sometimes it makes it difficult for us to connect in that moment because our realities are so different. It's difficult to help someone when you are in your own reality. And they are in theirs. Makes even more sense that God would decide to come down into our reality to help us because we surely wouldn't have managed to get into his reality. I know some may say, but we have to speak in faith. I understand that. I totally understand uh, faith. I also understand that in my realities, in my world, faith does not ignore the current state of affairs. One of the basis of faith is actually a reality that is so distant from what we hope for. So it is in moments like these, moments of pain, moments of suffering, uncertainty, anxiety, worry, depression, that we can now call upon faith when we realize that this is not the reality I want. A difficult reality and not the acceptance of it then fosters the substance to hope for a different and better reality. A substance for expecting a different reality. A reality not seen yet, but one that can manifest. So actually faith shows us that you can be living in one reality and be able to separate from it and hope or expect a different one. It doesn't end there though. Sometimes your friend or your partner comes to you burdened, not so you can relieve them of this burden, but maybe you can just acknowledge with them that they are truly burdened. Sometimes your girlfriend is not looking for you to solve her problems. She knows exactly how she's going to fix Karen from the office. Karen from the office is no match to the craftiness and wittiness of your girlfriend. When girlfriend complains about Karen, she basically wants you to speak her language. Hate on Karen with her if you can. Act surprised, appalled, disgusted. Be overly extra by what Karen did or does to your girlfriend. Even if from your reality, that really is nothing. In essence, your partner just wants you to acquaint yourself with their reality. And when you're acquainted with their reality, then learn the language that comes with that reality and speak it. As humans, we tend to speak a language which is a reflection of the reality of our world at that time. Sometimes when I'm going through the most, I may tend to speak in humor, dark humor sometimes, or I speak in self-pity or doubt or defeat. If you happen to be around me or such a one in that moment, I suggest you speak my language or their language with them. I mean, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. These are languages in specific moments in people's lives that are indicative of their reality. Don't be the type to say, if you're God's son, then save yourself from the cross. If you're such a Christian, why are you going through that and that and that? If your relationship is so great, why, you know? We tend to be so hard and to judge people without understanding their world and their realities. We have a knack of trying to stop people from speaking their language in that moment, which is like trying to force them to ignore the existence of their realities. People will say, no, you can't say that. No, you can't do that. You know, you can't be saying that. I am. I am in pain. So the reality of pain is what I'm speaking from. Or we try to figure out why someone said what they said. We do this from the safety of the reality in our world. See, language helps us understand. Language unifies, language directs, language corrects, it explains, and sometimes it is provocative. It is not vulgar, but it is what it is sometimes. Sometimes we can ask our loved ones what we can do to make them feel better, and they'll say there's nothing you can do to make me feel better. 
that hurts to see someone you love and you want to help change their situation but they don't even know what you can do to make them feel better and you just have to stand there and hope some way they figure it out and they become better and we have to learn to be okay with that people withdraw and keep to themselves when they feel or know that you cannot speak their language a person will not trust you to handle their pain if they feel that you're not fluent in that language or if they feel that your own reality is void of any sort of pain Unless under very clear and direct request, then should you encourage or comfort? But if the person didn't ask for it in that moment, just please acquaint yourself with their reality. And from their reality, learn to speak their language. When you're around a toddler, right? Or infants. Infants who are not fluent in English. You wouldn't speak to them like you're speaking to your college professor, would you? What do you do? You quickly learn their dialect and you naturally tend to speak like they're speaking. It becomes easier for everyone, more especially you. And this is so beautiful because it tends to solidify bonds and it helps to build trust. Baby talk, as cute as it is, is just a way of learning another person's dialect. And when we speak the same language, this fosters trust and intimacy. We are drawn to people who resonate with our realities. We engage with those who speak our language and we confide in those who can provide both of these. I hope you can be in a place where you don't esteem yourself highly than others. That is to think so highly of yourself and your own reality that you don't feel the need to come out of it from time to time and learn to experience another person's reality. I hope you teach your tongue to be so flexible, to speak as many dialects as possible, to be all things to other people so that you can win them over without having a hidden agenda, but so you can better place yourself to help them and others. And most importantly, I hope others do the exact same thing for you so you can stay pain-free. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think pain-free is a reality, a reality that has its own language. And each day I keep learning more and more words. Each day I keep getting fluent. And each day I hope to speak this language with a lot more people. Most importantly, I hope others are also patient with me, patient enough to teach me their languages, teach me how to mourn with you. How to rejoice with you. How to comfort, laugh, support, stay silent, speak, and listen. Teach me how to be present in your language. In your language, please teach me how to love always and forever.